Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking Fox, the only show that, for some reason, is talking about Fantastic Mr. Fox when, uh, you know, there's Star Wars trailers and Game of Thrones about <laughs> to happen when we record. So maybe we should talk about something else for once. But no, we're going to continue to talk about Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox one minute at a time. My name is Tyler Boudreau. And I am Condra Boudreau. Here to talk about minute 67 of the film, which I just mentioned, Fantastic Mr. Fox. The minute begins with Fox standing on the shoulders of Kylie, physically and metaphorically, <laughs> let's say. And it ends with a cute doggo. Uh, <laughs> Kondra, we've also got a guest on this week's program. <laughs> Would you please uh, join me in... Join me in welcoming? Is that a phrase? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Join me in welcoming Sam Stovold. Sam, thanks for oh, coming. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Very big fan of this movie. So, <laughs> Awesome. Just right out the gate, Sam... Uh, where like where can people find you? Where might they know you from? So uh, they know might, might know your background. Uh, well, you may have heard me on Reopening the Wormhole, a Star Trek DS Nine Deep Space Nine podcast, where we uh, watch the whole show in random order. Uh, or also from my other podcast that I co-host, Marvel Star Wars Explorers, where me and my co-host are going through the old Marvel Star Wars comics from the seventies and eighties. So, so I'm in the star things. <laughs> Got all my bases covered. Star Trek and Star Wars. <laughs> Are there any other things that take place in space? I don't yeah. think so. Firefly. I'll <laughs> okay. get to that one day. <laughs> get to podcasting about it. Of course I've seen it. Good crossover oh, episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess, Sam, just the place to start is uh, where are you at with Fantastic Mr. Fox, with Wes Anderson as a whole? How are you feeling? Well, uh, as t- in terms of Wes Anderson, I, I would consider myself a fan, but I don't actually revisit the movies very often so even this one which i typically tell people is my favorite wes anderson movie this was actually only the second time that i watched it was in preparation for this and the first time was back when it was in theaters i was delighted to be able to see it again but um but yeah i mean i'm i'm a big fan but i'm not like a i don't maybe not like a hardcore fan that has like every frame memorized or anything like that i just very very fond of this one so it was awesome to revisit it yeah, I mean, we don't we don't gate, gatekeep here. If you if, if you like a movie, you like a movie. So we're we're glad you like it, and we're glad you want to talk oh, definitely. about it. Definitely happy to be here. <laughs> um, Condra, I had a question for you, but I forgot what it was. Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, I no, I was gonna say I thought you would appreciate my my joke from the beginning about uh, Fox standing on the shoulders of Kylie. Absolutely, <laughs> and listeners will. I have to apologize. I've been really sick, and I mostly have a voice, so if I go in and out, it's fine. But Kylie is the rock that Mr. Fox stands on, and Kylie should be king of everything. (laughs) Because, yeah, he has a titanium card. Yeah, he can hold up Mr. Fox. He is perfect. I love him. (laughs) I I can't believe that I (laughs) just happened to get this minute, by the way, because this is one of the moments from this movie that has always stuck with me. And every time I'm like doing something in my life where I'm like being responsible, I think of this line, like I, I pay my bills on time. I've always had really good credit. Just it's always stuck with me. <laughs> and like, so when I opened up the minute to see which one I was going to have, and it was this one, I just started cracking up. I was so delighted. <laughs> yeah. Th- I mean, this is definitely an interesting minute because it's kind of a, a self-contained beat. And the last couple minutes have been like action and like they drove here from the little town and it, when they were in the town, they were throwing all those pine cones. It was very intense. And I would just kind of have this settled moment where we can just kind of have a joke or two and tension is building, but not 
it's not wild right now. Yeah, so just in general, going over the plot, yeah, uh, Fox got up on Kylie's shoulders, jiggled the doorknob, was like, whoa, what's going on? Uh, I need to break into this. <laughs> he didn't say that. He asked Kylie if he has like a credit card he can use to try to open the lock of the door from the outside, and Kylie takes out his card, hands him a platinum card. Titanium. Uh, a, t- a titanium card. I go back and forth on this moment in the film, mostly because uh, I once watched... On the DVD, I once I once watched the trailer to this movie, and in the trailer, this this scene is like played very broad. You know, it's in in a Wes Anderson movie, it's it's a very particular sense of humor. But this the trailer as a whole is played like like it's a kids movie and trying to reach a much broader audience. So they kind of throw this joke in there as like a whoa, you have a platinum card. It's like silly, which it is silly, but in in the context of this movie. It's very rooted in the characters, and it's got that kind of surreal Wes Anderson humor to it, but it's it's not as broad as the trailer made it out to be. So now I kind of get weird connections with the trailer whenever I think of this minute, even though I think this joke is good. Did that make sense? I, I, I talked for a long time, but I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you're making me want to watch the trailer. I want to see how it, it uh, differs from the way you experience it in the movie, because I do like it. It does. It's definitely a bit of humor that I think like you said, stems from the characters because Kylie is such a rock, you know, he's such a responsible person and it's like, yeah, of course he's going to have a titanium card. So, I, I mean, I think it definitely it works within the context of the movie. So, it makes me, makes me curious about the trailer now. <laughs> Don't watch the trailer, it's so bad. <laughs> okay. I think there's some power to it if it can, if the scene itself, if it can play to different roles depending on its context and like play to different reads depending on its context. Because Wes Anderson often is like narrowed to this certain type of humor. But I mean, just depending on how you frame something is really what it comes down to at the end of the day. But you don't want to sell your audience the wrong thing. You don't want to like make it seem like it's a a, a broad comedy when it's a Wes Anderson movie. However you got to do to market something, you know, that's <laughs> that's I, I don't think you can blame the movie for being marketed a specific way. Like, of, of course, they're just gonna try and get people into the theater and if that means using broad humor in a trailer that maybe does not represent the actual movie i don't know that's just it's just marketing it's just advertising <laughs> yeah I, in, a, in a kid's movie trailer is so simple all you need to be like this is a kid's movie take your kids yeah. to see it it's it's claymation you'll enjoy it uh and then it's the it's the film buffs that'll be like oh wes anderson movie that's cool and the 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 book nerds that'll be like oh i want to see this fantastic this fantastic mr fox adaptation but yeah the the credit card joke uh should we just read out kylie's credit card number so that the the world can steal his identity (laughs) um maybe not but i do want to talk about a couple of the things on the credit card no i'm going to read out his number okay three seven three seven three two one three four five six one zero zero eight Expiration is uh, ten ten. The CVV is four five five. His full name is Kylie Sven Opossum. I have to ask: Is there any significance to those numbers? Heck, if I know. I think the number, the at least the expiration date and the date it was acquired do tell us something, though, because Tyler and I have this ongoing discussion about when this movie takes place, and we've had one other time that we've seen a date in in canon in this on-screen kind of thing textually textually and that was when they were looking at the beagles file when they were going to raid 
being annexed the first time they saw the we saw the date 2009 so mm-hmm. some this movie takes place somewhere between an 06 and a 10 so that's either 1906 to 1910 <laughs> or 2006 to 2010 despite the fact that it has a very 60s 70s look to it overall the other thing i was really interested in was the the fact that his middle name is Sven which is a Scandinavian name. <laughs> He's an opossum, which is from America, and his card says World Traveler. So clearly Kylie has way more going on for him than anyone realizes. He's a responsible man. That, or, well, not a man. <laughs> a responsible opossum. That, you know, that means he can afford to go traveling the world. I like that. I like that detail. The idea that he's, yeah, I guess he's doing well enough for himself that he can really get out there, you know? <laughs> Do you think... Kylie's like a wealthy heir who just like wants to live the simple life. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. It hadn't occurred to me. That's why he like has the money to travel and stuff. That's why he has a platinum card. So yeah, so maybe he's this kind of Scandinavian heir from like from a Scandinavian fortune. They moved to America. I don't know. They'd be from America. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. Let's stop. <laughs> Let's move on to the Mr. Fox. He gets into the door oh right? wait um sorry cuss number 31 how the cuss do you qualify oh there for was this? oh, oh cool. glad you guys are doing a cuss count <laughs> yeah we are <laughs> uh this uh, also has the moment where kylie like asks him about his his trademark you know his uh so I, that seems like a kind of significant moment in the movie to actually acknowledge for the first time the like <laughs> that that thing that he's doing the whole time yeah, it's it's a weird version of lampshading where it's like, I like the beat of like Kylie calling it out. What I don't like is the timing of it. And maybe it's just because we're in this one minute at a time format, but it's just really awkwardly paced this one, this one joke. I don't know. I'm going back and forth on whether or not I like this minute or not. <laughs> it has, the way it's delivered, I think, is one of the more Wes Anderson-y jokes in the movie, which is already, of course, very Wes Anderson-y. But I don't know, something about, uh, <laughs> he like calls him out on it. And like you said, it, it is paced a little off where it's like, does not quite feel like normal dialogue. It just has that sort of weird, heightened, almost cartoony aspect that Wes Anderson dialogue often can have. I like the line Kylie says. He's like, what's this thing you do with the, the whistling and the clicking? Like, that's funny because I am the end all be all on what's funny. Apparently. <laughs> hey, man, you're the you guys are the authority on Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, Yes. Certainly, we are the authority and not the uh, hundreds to thousands of people who worked on the film and uh, did this all this beautiful animation. We're the ones studying it, not them. Well, yeah, they don't have a podcast, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's what po- if you do a podcast about something, you're exactly. an expert. <laughs> I do think that mi- that line is funny, though. Like, it is kylie starting to call out mr fox on some of his nonsense and like <laughs> kylie's that's starting true. to get a backbone against him i think it's good yeah that's that, that is a good point i was gonna say if kylie didn't have a backbone then mr fox wouldn't have been able to climb up on his back <laughs> but uh if he was an exoskeleton he still would have been tyler <laughs> uh that's that's creeping me out bug kylie oh, lobster kylie <laughs> lobster kylie I, do, I would be curious to see what insects or uh, sea life looks like in this strange world. Like, what is what is an underwater kingdom like in uh, the Fantastic Mr. Fox universe, you know? 
Uh, we've asked this question before, actually, but uh, I feel like in the life aquatic with Steve Zizou, a lot of the underwater life is kind of done in a weird like claymation or kind of, not shadow animation, but like like Terry Gilliam Monty Python animation. Well, yeah, it's like st- almost st- stop motion kind of. Yeah, it's like it's like stop motion like that in in the life aquatic with Steve Zizou. So I feel like the sea life would look like that. Okay, I'm just so I can visually see it. I'm just also now I'm, wonder, I'm like wondering what the what kind of society does the sea life have? Because we see that obviously all the woodland creatures that we, in this movie, you know, they live very kind of almost suburban lives. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm curious what the underwater world is like as well. But yeah, it is funny. Uh, Life Aquatic. It seems like in kind of in some ways it's kind of like a a dry run for fantastic mr fox because it's like they're testing out those weird animation styles and then maybe it was after that that wes anderson's like yeah i can you know i think i'm ready to do a whole movie based in uh like claymation stop motion that type of thing you just made me think of like obviously the fantastic mr fox expanded universe (laughs) should be a thing (laughs) but but I was trying to think of the what what the closest analog to it would be in our other expanded universes. And I think the one I would want to see, not because of the quality of the analog, but because I think it would just be funny, is uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. So, like, in the Fantastic Mr. Fox universe, but, like, what was going on during World War II in a different country? And that has nothing to do with the actual characters <laughs> that we care about. <laughs> That's what I want out of this. Just in this universe with these same kind of established rules and tone, but in a completely different context. Yeah, I like the sound of that, honestly. I would like to see how that's represented. Like, what 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 role do the animals play in, like, some large-scale conflict? I want to know the geopolitics of the Fantastic Mr. Fox universe, and I want to find out that fantastic mr fox's uh his principal when he was in elementary school is secretly gay and how that's important for some reason (laughs) yeah i mean you got the michael gambone connection he's in this so (laughs) now i just keep i just keep seeing mr fox in dunkirk now (laughs) (laughs) where's the right kind of clothes for it it it, it somehow feels right like (laughs) where did that come from Oh my god! Oh, I want to see a Chris Nolan, Wes Anderson crossover. That those would be two directors that would fit together so not well that I would enjoy so god, heavily. What would that even be? <laughs> Just think, trying to th- imagine what that movie would be like is hurting my brain. <laughs> so the thing that Chris Nolan does is he plays with time, right? And Wes Anderson has been known to play with time in films like uh, The Grand Budapest Hotel, where he has like three different layerings of setting so i feel like it would be something like that where we're reading some a character is reading a book about something that's happening and then there's a story within a story within a story in this inception like way where all of these stories actually play a part into the the other story and so there's kind of a meta narrative thing going on or each each thing impacts the next thing well i'm sold (laughs) yeah i'm so smart Okay. <laughs> Pitch that to some movie executives, and, you know, I'm sure we can... I'm, I'm sure they've been dying to work together, the two directors, so it's... <laughs> I feel like they both wear suits all the time. That was a joke. Okay. 
I think you should leave some of that awkward pause and not all of it, <laughs> but some of it. <laughs> <laughs> or just all of it. I don't care. I don't edit. We need to. All right. So they open the door. They go into the bean annex. But but Fox sends Ash in first. He has no. He's just like poked his head in. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna just send my son in first. <laughs> I don't think he was like saying like you go first. Like you take anything that comes out of this. He was like, like that. Instead of leaving him behind in case, it was more like in, instead of having Ash behind him where he can't keep track of him, he wants to have him in front of him where he can see what's going on. I buy that. That makes sense. So they they start kind of creeping through Bean Annex, and we get the kind of fun music playing, and they're kind of taking one step together in unison. It's not quite in sync with the music, but it's just close enough and just off enough where it has this really cool effect. And they they see the beagle with rabies, presumably. Spits. And the the minute ends. Any thoughts on this kind of last beat? Um, I I appreciate like kind of what you were saying um, leading up to this. It's been pretty action heavy. And I like that even at this moment when it is slowing down, it just, I think one of the the cool things about this movie is that it just, it keeps moving forward. Like, like, yeah, you do get a break to like slow down and there's like good character moments and everything, but it's always, it always remains so propulsive and even just them like sneaking around, like, I don't know, I'm still like excited to, to see like what the next thing is going to happen. And then like the, you know, they around the corner and they see the dog and i like that even the dog is like off at a distance at first where you can like sort of see that his mouth is foaming up but like it's not immediately clear and i just i like that it's it's a slow moment but still keeps pushing things forward and i love this movie it's just so delightful and watchable and (laughs) (laughs) i think it's interesting that the walking and then the turn that they undergo in this portion are really iconic images for the movie like out of everything in the movie it's like this like slow walking and then the turn that are like when you think of fantastic mr fox you think of like the dinner scene and like this and it's like why out of everything in this movie with all of its amazing animation work and like beautiful symmetrical scenes this is it i think it's the simplicity we have this kind of trinity of characters that are at the center of this story they're all kind of in sync working together and it's such that the simplicity of the conflict is like the the fact is that there's a beagle that kind of represents kind of the wildness and cruelty of beans security and it's such a simple it's an animal to animal conflict that's kind of at the center of this human to animal conflict so i wonder if the dog didn't have rabies would the dog just be able to talk so we've been having this discussion (laughs) so we have found that non-domesticated animals those are the ones that are shown to speak have intelligence where like the chickens the squabs the dogs we even see some sheep that are non-sentient in terms of like intellect language and that kind of stuff okay and we were wondering we think there might be something to do with domestication interesting so, if anything, the dog having rabies should be more of a wild animal and more able to talk at that point, based on that logic. But uh, okay, no, that makes sense. We're kind of we're running we're running down on time, but I I wanted to give 
Sam, I wanted to give you one last moment to anything about this movie or about this minute that you wanted to get out. I mean, I feel like I've I've mostly covered the minute, but um, yeah, just as far as the movie goes, I find this movie to be so charming. Like I said, I do typically tell people this is my favorite Wes Anderson movie, and upon a rewatch, I feel I feel good about that. I feel like it's still correct. Um, and um, yeah, I, I just it's such a unique, charming movie, and I really think that Wes Anderson his, his specific style. It lends itself so well to this story, like even more so than most of his other movies, because they always have a sort of like cartoony aspect to them. But I think actually making it literally an animated film, uh, it just it feels like such a natural fit that like I'm I'm almost surprised that it took Wes Anderson this long to get here because it, it just feels feels so right. I love this movie. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I think I couldn't have said it better, and I've been trying to for about sixty six <laughs> minutes. Condor, anything else? There are too many gifts for this episode, and I am going to have lots of tweets because I have too many gifts. <laughs> so get ready for tweet okay. action this week. So uh, we're going to wrap things up. Uh, Sam, where can people find you? Um, well, yeah, I mentioned at the top of the show, I do co-host two podcasts. So if you're in the star-related things, uh, you've got two options there. Um, we're uh, actually coming up at the towards the end of uh, Reopening the Wormhole, our Deep Space Nine podcast. I, I think we've only got like about 15 or so episodes left, so it's been quite a journey, and if you're interested, you've got plenty of backlog there to catch up on. Would you call it a bacula log? <laughs> well, it's not an Enterprise podcast, but that actually is not oh, a bad idea if I was to do an sorry, Internet Enterprise podcast. <laughs> I didn't know, didn't remember which one Bacula was in. Sorry, continue. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, also uh, Marvel Star Wars Explorers, if you are interested in old comics. And also, we just talk about that month in history, too. So we're just spending a lot of time talking about the 80s over there. So if you're into the 80s, then that's also a place that you can go to listen to people rambling about the 80s. Very cool. Okay, Condra, uh, any updates on where people can find us? Um, yes, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher now, because I finally got my act together. Nice. <laughs> and Spotify. I, are we on Spotify yet? Did it get approved? Yeah, I just checked it before the episode. Awesome. So Spotify got approved too, so finally got off my butt <laughs> and put us on the last couple <laughs> catchers. You can also find us on the Twitter at Amateur Nerds. You can find Tyler on the twitter at tyler booty that's at t-y-l-e-r-b-o-u-d-y uh and you can join us next time for minute 68 of fantastic mr fox uh oh sorry sorry also you can email us at amateur nerds present at gmail.com but if you want to join us for minute 68 in which presumably this conflict with the beagle will escalate then you can join us next time i think that's where my syntax was <laughs> <No>. going <laughs> but anyway i've been tyler Boudreau. i've been Oh, I don't know, but Sam. And we hope you have a fantastic day. Fantastic.